It's Mornings with Ken. I need you to go get that cup of coffee. Go get that virtual donut. Pull up a chair, kick off your shoes, and stay a while. I'm really glad you're here. By the way, um, that instrumental uh, little bumper music there, that's by uh, my good friend Matt Halp. And you should check out Matt Halp's uh, music on Spotify. And, uh, you know, download some of uh, some of his uh, great uh, music. He's got a lot of stuff um, on Spotify and Apple Music. And you can download that and... Uh, yeah, he did a great job. He he uh, helped me out by making that little uh, bumper music there, the instrumental one there, and um, go check him out. Matt Hell. So, hey, it's football season. I know baseball season's not over with yet, so I don't want to jump the gun but because my Cleveland Guardians are doing pretty well. Uh, but football has started. That's right. And I have always been a huge football fan. I'm more of a football fan than I am baseball. Well, I always have been um, in the past. But slowly, as the years have gone by, I, I would have to say I've been following baseball a bit more closer than football because there's been so much drama in football over the past years. I, it's kind of disgusted me. So, um, But I still love football. And... Uh, so I, I watched the Browns and the Panthers yesterday, and the Browns won that game. Um, they, they they hung on to win it, but it, it was it was a uh, it was unsure to the last uh, you know few minutes there. But it is football season, and football reminds me of me and my brothers and some neighborhood kids that would get together in the backyard of where we lived in the housing projects. And um, we would, you know, you, get, you got some other kids in the neighborhood and, and we kind of had our, our group of kids that, a couple of neighbors that we liked to play football on our team. And then everybody else had to be on the other team because, you know, just the way it fell, I don't know, like, and, uh, and boy, what fun days, you know, when you're young, young kids, you think you're a superstar. I kind of think we were superstars as young kids. I kind of think we had some, uh, we had the best team in, in the neighborhood, but hey, I'm not going to brag. But <laughs> it's funny when you, uh, the, the characters that, that you have on your team when you're young, we, we had um, a neighbor, um, Gary. I'm sure Gary's not a listener, so I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm embarrassing him. But Gary w- was our, our, our neighbor in the neighborhood, and he could throw a good, accurate pass. He really could. 
a very good, hard, accurate pass. And he could throw it long and or short very accurately. He was very good. I always thought I could be a quarterback. And when Gary wasn't available, I would quarterback, but I didn't do so hot. I mean, my ball was kind of wobbly, you know, a little wobbly. But Gary, man, he had a tight spiro. He was a much better quarterback. And, of course, it was me and some of my brothers and a couple of the neighborhood kids on our side and and the other kids on the other side. But we always felt like we had an advantage because uh, my brother Paul was fast as a receiver and... Uh, and also very hard to get down on the ground running the ball. And I think I was a pretty good uh, uh, um, receiver and blocker. And and uh, uh, my brother Donnie was was uh, um, uh, was on the team, and he was good. And and, and 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 I thought we had a pretty good team. But our weakness, believe it or not. Was, was our neighbor Gary. So I just told you he was a great quarterback. But Gary had one weakness. And his weakness was being under pressure. So we kept in. We didn't, we liked not to keep uh, too many, too many people on the line to scrimmage because we wanted you know, we wanted to, uh, everybody wants to be receiver or running back or, but, um, I think that's what uh, a lot of times I would spend my time as a fullback coming out of the backfield to help block because Gary did not do well under pressure. If he had no pressure, you know, we're going to pass all over the other team in the neighborhood, right? Because Gary could just wing that ball and, he did a fantastic job. But if he was under any kind of pressure, it was sad because he would he would intentionally ground the ball or throw it out of bounds. And of course you can't do that. You know, that's so we had, you know, so anyway, we had to design and game plan for who we were playing against to see who had to stay in and help block so Gary could have more time to throw the ball. Or really, he didn't time, but he it just scared him. He would still have plenty of time, but he didn't like to be rushed. So we had to game plan game plan for Gary to give him extra support on the line. And like I say, sometimes I would stay as a fullback and uh, I would I would go up to the fake, he would fake a handoff and I would stay in the block or or um, sometimes, you know, we would I would fake block and do a short uh, run out as a receiver, do a short game and uh, it worked. But if Gary had any pressure he would immediately ground the ball into the ground or throw it out of bounds. So we had to game plan in order to win 
and give Gary some extra um, line help. And I was thinking about that. And that's what, you know, of course, coaches do that in the NFL and college all, all the time. You know, you, you don't want to put your, uh, you know, if you have great wide receivers and they're speedsters, a lot of times you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to have a, a, you're going to design for a passing attack and you're going to throw it off by a few running plays. But I'm more of a, I'm more of run or oriented. I like to run the ball. So if you have a great running back that does well, you just keep feeding that running, running back the ball and you could work the clock and, and just keep going up and down the field. And, um, that's the way I'd like to do it, but, but you have to know your players and know your team and you have to game plan for game time, game time. And I think, um, you can, you can take some of that life, life principles out of this. You know, if, if you want, say you wanted to make a job change, you got to look at the game plan and you got to look at the, the uh, defense out there and you got to see how it's built and you got a game plan for it. So you got to make steps to get there. And, um, you know, first you got to, you know, look at the, the job market that you're interested in. You know, you build up your resume. You, you maybe redo your resume. You up, upgrade it, update it. You know, and, and then you make sure you have your references in order. Who's going to be your references? You know, and um, be sure if you're going to change fields, what field you like to go into. So you game plan a lot in sports and in life. But often we neglect the spiritual side. We don't game plan for our spiritual side. And I'm guilty. When I say these things, I'm guilty of it myself too. But, you know, we don't... There's a lot of stuff that you have to fight against to get through the day sometimes. You know, you, maybe you're going to have that coworker who's always negative and is always giving out a negative vibe and and everything is depressing and and uh, and then it makes you depressed or maybe you you have some coworkers or superiors who um, are very angry and never pleased and or, or you know maybe you 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 have to get jobs done at work and you you don't feel like you're getting the help that you need or but you got a game plan in life and I think spiritually, that means in the morning, know what you got going, looking forward. But really, go to the Lord in prayer. Go to the Lord in prayer and pray. Pray and just communicate and have fellowship with your Heavenly Father. And also read your Bible reading the word of God. Like I say, I know I'm guilty of slacking off in those areas too. 
but I find it's it's so helpful when you've had communication and prayer and allow just some quietness and, and just commune with your Lord and Savior and Heavenly Father and just listen and then pray for the needs of the day. Thank Him for who He is. Give Him glory and honor. But then go to Him. The Bible says we can go to Him in prayer. So if we go to Him in prayer, expect God to go with us through the day. And reading God's Word is the next part of the game plan. You got to get into the Word and put that stuff in your soul. Put those scriptures in your soul and in your mind and meditate on those. That's part of the game plan. Prayer, scripture reading, and even worship. Worship is often overlooked in our personal lives. We worship in a corporate setting, but sometimes we just don't, we don't take the time. Again, I'm guilty of this myself. We don't take the time just to worship God in the quietness of our prayer closet, if you would. And, uh, but that's game planning for the day. And uh, I, I think it's helpful um, to game plan for what you're going to face each and every day. Hey, let's take a quick break. I got another subject to talk about on the other side. We'll be right back. She keeps a in a pretty cabinet. She says, just like Marie Antoinette, a building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy at a time. Oh, yes, she is the killer queen. Oh, my. Hey, can I have a little uh, little fun now? I know we sometimes talk about some serious matters, but... Um, yeah, you know, the queen passed away. Of course, we all know that. And, uh, Prince Charles is now King Charles. So after 75 years, um, he finally found a job. No. But King Charles is now now the king. And uh, it seemed like everybody, for the most part around the world, um, had positive, positive things to say about the Queen of England. But, you know, 
my observation, you know, I've had some people. Uh, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. Uh, ne- ne- but, but anyway, the Queen and she's a lot of people said some nice things about her. And now we have King Charles. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it might not happen in my generation, but I think if I had a drum roll, I'd do the drum roll. Um that the royal family is gonna come to an end in Great Britain. I really think that possibly if King Charles is it King Charles the third? I think it's the third, yeah. King Charles the third. I believe he he will be the last monarch. Unless he dies shortly. And doesn't live that long. I think uh, if he does die relatively soon, and um, Prince William takes over as king, I don't think the monarch's going to stand much longer. For one, it's an outdated. Uh, it's an outdated position. Uh, I mean, I think they are the last living monarch. Of, of you know countries and it's just outdated um, they never really had any power the queen queen Mary, Mary never really had any um, power whatsoever um, she 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 had a title and sure they they would work with the prime minister to uh, you know talk about different uh, different things that was happening in the kingdom and the Commonwealth, and maybe the the Prime Minister would share, um, or maybe perhaps get her opinions on the matter, but she couldn't dictate any policies or practices. She had no real power. She, you know, she had. She couldn't go to the. Parliament and say, I demand a law be written that, um, you know, there's no more taxes or whatever. She had no real political power. The only power that the queen or the, you know, the, the monarch has is a power of influence. Perhaps they could influence the people of Great Britain to maybe sway them in their voting and you know perhaps if they want some change to happen in Britain perhaps the monarchy could say something in a speech that would stir the the citizens of Great Britain to perhaps vote a different way but um, that's that's very rare and from what the the way the queen has lived her life, um, she did not interfere uh, 
with policies or, or parliament per se. I'm sure there were some matters discussed and things like that, but but for the most part, um, the monarchy in Great Britain hadn't had any politi- really political power um, in this century, at least. So, I believe that due to the changing times, I think we're probably going to see an end to the British monarchy in the next generation. I don't know that I'll live to see it, but I'm thinking probably... Um, probably in the next 20, 30 years, I think it's slowly going to go away because the people, and I think this is true around the world too, the people, the people are so divided and we're divided on really, um, the haves and haves not the wealthy and the poor. We've, we've, especially in the United States, we're very divided. And I think uh, over in Britain, there's a great divide between the haves and haves not. So I think that's going to reflect in British society. And I think there's going to be a call to end the monarchy. And I think this it's possibly... Um, it might happen where they have to liquidate all their assets and it probably maybe goes back to the British government or um, some charities or something like that. I think there's going to be a massive call to end the monarchy. I've already seen some on the news where, you know, they, they say, you know, the royal family is worth so much millions or I don't know. I don't think I heard the word billions, but millions and millions of dollars, and they're all taken care of, and they have their castles and their houses and summer and winter homes, and they don't have to worry about anything. Everything's taken care of for them, and I think the poor, the poor in Great Britain, I think they're going to call for social change, and I think they're going to get rid of the monarchy. I see that happening. So I wish I would have, well, I possibly do have 30 years left. And, but I wish I could see that, see the end. Not, not because I'm calling for it. No, no, no. I just think that it's something that's inevitably going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. And I'm not saying I want it to happen or don't want it. I'm just thinking it's, it's a reality that I think the great people, the, people from Great Britain are going to experience. So that's just my hot take, if you will, on the Queen and the monarchy and the new King Charles III. Um, You know, and I've been watching The Crown with my wife. We've been watching the, The Crown and I know some of it's, it's just, it's a little... Hollywood up and made up, but I don't think I could live that. I know I couldn't live that lifestyle because I could not deal with all that attention. Like, um, I like my privacy to some extent 
And I don't think I could have that much attention on the light shined on me to that extent where I can't even go out to a restaurant and if they, someone takes a picture of me talking to somebody, it, it, it explodes into something crazy. Um, but, hey, that's the lifestyle that they they have. Hey, I and uh, before I go, I want to remind you guys, I have my book. It is available at Amazon, Lulu, that's L-U-L-U dot com, L-U-L-U dot com. Hey, the paperback's only $18, okay? Paperback's only $18. I need to move this book, right? I need to move it so I can get on to another book. So you guys got to buy this book. I mean, I'm just saying. What what else are you going to do with $18? Um, buy, buy fast food? I don't know. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But my book, The Least of These, The Least of These um, is available at Barnes & Nobles, online, Amazon, and Lulu.com. And there's probably other sources too, but those are the ones I'm aware of. Uh, I know the hard copy is a little expensive. I don't. I can't control the pricing. Um, I don't control the pricing. My publisher controls the pricing. And uh, but yeah, I think it's worth. I think it's worth you checking out. If you off, you know, if you have any concern about the poor, and you want to know what does the Bible, what does Scripture, really have to say about the poor, I think you'll be shocked. I think you'll be shocked to see what Scripture really has to say about the poor. So once again, it's called The Least of These, What Scripture Has to Say About Poverty. And check it out and uh, buy a copy or two, all right? Hey, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I love you guys. I'll do a better show tomorrow. Love you. Bye.